Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Dylan Holman and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward who has over 10 years experience in the markets. How are you today? This week, we're discussing all things vaccines. So we're talking about the likes of Pfizer, all the way through to lesser known vaccine companies such as Novavax. First things first, though, Henry, how's your week been? Yeah, no, the week's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, we've had cryptocurrency that has just just taken off. We've, we've broken through the 50k barrier. So um, anyone who been on our webinars for the last year we were talking about three thousand pounds would have hit the 5k and it's now it's now up at 50k so it's it's had a phenomenal run for over the last over the last 12 months we've had stocks have have just consistently risen over over the last week as well so anyone who was holding on to more or less any stock it, it's done pretty well um outside of the outside of the pandemic stocks well, just looking at Bitcoin, so you say that it's you know hit the fifty thousand dollar mark, which is a huge milestone. But it's actually stayed at that level for at least a few days now. It hasn't just you know gone straight back down to the thirty thousand mark, which I think a lot of people thought could happen. Yeah, no, it, it seems to be consolidating there. It seems to be um, a lot of people ha- are holding it at the moment, and it, there's there's a little bit of there's a little bit of buzz factor about it. Uh, we have we have seen the likes of um, Tesla come in. We've seen the likes of Square in come in, and um, PayPal are using it now and stuff. But though it, I think the buzz is about the companies that are potentially coming into it. So you have the likes of Apple potentially looking to use it. You have the likes of um, Oracle looking to come and use it. So it, it it's starting to come on to big companies' radars. Um, I don't know. What, I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago that we said Tesla have almost made more money from the investment in Bitcoin than they have from selling their cars. Well, that has now happened. They've made more money from investing in Bitcoin than selling cars um, over 2020. Yeah, in a very short period of time as well that they you know, bought the Bitcoin and now it's obviously spiked off the back of it. Elon Musk is also uh, talking a lot about Dogecoin uh, online. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's for serious or if it's uh, a bit of a, a comedy kind of sketch. Uh, I, I, can, I can safely say, name by nature, it, it, stay away from it. It's Dodge. The, the, name, the, the clue is in the name. Just does Dodge, <laughs> stay away from it. But I, I see in the paper that he was telling everyone to sell it and he will pay good books for anyone who wants to sell it. So. <laughs> Okay, well, let's crack on then with the main topics of this podcast, which is looking at the vaccine industry. Good place to start, I would think, is actually one of our own copy portfolios, which has been one of the best performers this year, which is called Vaccine Med Copy Portfolio. So what's in it and why should people be looking at it? See, the problem is we're trying to find the actual winners in these vaccines. Is, is anyone who's been watching my webinars or, or even in the podcast, we've jumped into three or four of these vaccine companies and they haven't taken off. They've, they've literally been sideways. They haven't gone anywhere. So there's an easier way to do that rather than trying to throw a, a, a dart at a dartboard and trying to pick the, the bullseye out. Well, what there is, there's another opportunity where you can actually jump into the likes of vaccine med 
And if we look at it back in 2020, the returns on that over the year were 535% over the year. So if you had invested in at the beginning of 2020, the returns have been pretty good. And then so far this year, it's up 34%. Now, to, to put it into context, what, what's in it, you have the likes of GSK, you have Johnson & Johnson, you have the likes of Pfizer, but you also have the smaller companies. You have Novax, you have Valtrax, you have a, a, a Hong Kong company there as well. So there, there are loads of other vaccine companies out there, lesser ones known, and, and people don't know about it. So it's about getting it out there and showing you that the, the big boys haven't really moved in this, this whole vaccinating, but the smaller ones, some of those have, have skyrocketed. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, thirty percent plus gains since twenty twenty is is just is massive, um, and puts it right up there with um, some of our best performing copy portfolios. So let's deep dive then into some of the stocks that make up the vaccine med copy portfolio. So first things first, I think a good place to start was Pfizer. Obviously, a vaccine, one of the first vaccines that is to be officially approved by a Western government following their 95% vaccine efficacy rate. Um, so for them to get this first approval, was that important for the company? Looking back at the time when we're when we were when we're talking about it, it was yeah this was this was huge this was massive to be the first to the place if we look at the first of November was when we actually got the first announcement and when we got that first announcement we actually did see a, a spike on the on the stocks and the stocks rose from thirty five dollars up to forty say forty one dollars now it is I would have expected a much much bigger jump off the back of this but since then we've just seen this slow decline it hasn't it hasn't taken off so back at the time i would have expected this would have been a big big kick on for them but it hasn't yeah and this year they've got um, big plans obviously um, with 1.5 billion doses of the vaccine expected to be rolled out so surely the things are looking good for the company in the future even if the share price hasn't moved that significantly over the last six months or so well, you say that the, the, the stock price haven't moved significantly over the last six months. If we if we even go back as far as 2018, the, the stock has literally been sideways. It, it has had a high at almost $50 and a low then of, of about $32. So it's been pretty, pretty flat. Now, yes, um, they're looking to have a pretty good um, 2021, but so is every other vaccine company out there. They're looking to have huge returns why because look the vaccine has to be used we the, the, the three big ones that we have sort of talked about over on the podcast and stuff like that there was was pfizer was also astrazeneca and then moderna now if you take out of the three of those the only one that is, has taken off and the only one that has has made us money over the last two or three months is moderna why because it's just a much smaller company but on the back of that countries bought very very little of that actually vaccine for instance the likes of gbp has i think about 85 percent oxford university and um, vaccine whereas moderna they only have about five or ten percent of it so you mentioned the the oxford university uh, vaccine well one of the companies that was expected to partner with them was gsk or GlaxoSmithKline, obviously one of the uk's best known pharmaceutical companies that didn't turn out to be true. They were overlooked in favour of one of their rivals, AstraZeneca, as you mentioned. So was that a big miss for GSK, not being involved in one of these early vaccines? 
A little bit, probably. Why? Because we now saw that AstraZeneca were, were, the, were second on the scene, whereas GSK could have been. Now, they haven't been. And if we look at their stock prices, literally from the beginning of 2020, they have, they have dropped massively. We had a high of about 1850. Uh, that is pretty high. Now, if we look at it, it's down at, at 1,200. So it's they've had a pretty big drop. They've had about a 30% drop over the last year. So it, it hasn't been going great for them. And again, they were, they were the biggest company in pharmaceutical history at one stage. Now to have slowly depreciated, not going anywhere. And if you're an investor in the likes of GSK, you'd be sort of kicking yourself that you've money tied up in this dinosaur that hasn't really moved anywhere in the last couple of years. You're calling them a dinosaur. They still did have sales of thirty-four billion pounds last year, um, so pretty <laughs> sizable. Outside of the vaccine world, which obviously they're not currently part of, what have been some of their key growth drivers? So the company announced that it had a thirty-four billion last year, thanks to the, the growing drive in HIV, respiratory, and oncology. So they're they're three of the big the big factors and the big areas that GSK have sort of focused on, rather than predominantly on the likes of coronavirus, like most of the other companies. Now, if you look at them, they have gone on sort of from strength to strength, but. That doesn't, that doesn't come across on the likes of the stock shop prices. The stock prices have, have slowly depreciated um, since the high of 2020. Whereas if you look at this and you're an investor who has the likes of GSK, they do pay a nice dividend, but it doesn't cover the depreciation over the last year. Yeah, it's interesting to see that since their Q4 results were announced, their share price fell about seven or eight percent from around the sort of 1360 mark down to about 1280p mark. Um, so is that a sign that investors are just not putting their money into GSK now and they don't believe in their future or they're just kind of waiting to see what happens with vaccinations and if GSK are going to bring out something which could you know, be better than the likes of AstraZeneca? Yeah, but see, this, this is the thing. It's just because you're first in the market doesn't mean that you're, that you're the best. That you're, it's not the, it may, may not be the game changer. It, it may be the first step in the right direction. But in, in this sense, the game changer really hasn't come out yet. And if we look into the likes of these vaccines, it looks like we'll, we'll have to get vaccines every year because this is a strain of the common cold. We get that every single, every single year. So the idea here with the likes of this is that a lot of people who are in pharma are looking to just invest in stuff like the likes of the vaccines. So in this in this sort of race, then GSK would be the, the biggest loser because of that. Moving to one of the slightly lesser known companies um, in Novavax, you mentioned how, you know, Pfizer were first to market the Western audience. Well, Novavax slightly later launching their vaccine. However, it's had a stronger response to some of the more contagious UK and South African variants. They've seen their share price risen by over 300%. So obviously people are standing up and taking note of this company. Yeah, so Novavax have, have have done extremely well over the last year. So if we go back twelve months from today, that they, they've done extremely well. They have been one of the one of the success stories over the likes of this period. Does it have more future growth, or is that kind of it now? Do you think the the thing with the likes of this is that Novavax is is much smaller than the likes of GSK, the likes of AstraZeneca, the likes of all of those. So. They have they have huge growth off the back of this if they if they do well. Why? Because the, it's just a valuation of the company. 
Now, we see, um, and I've been looking at it, we've had a, a bit of a pullback on the likes of Novavax over the last couple of days. We have a, we have a, a hard level at the $190 mark, whereas the previous, the previous record high. And that's, that's the next entry that sort of I'm looking at this. But we, we can see this over the last couple of, the last couple of weeks. It, is, it has had a huge jump over it. And, and this is the thing with the likes of these um, vaccine companies that are, are, are smaller caps, say. Now, they're, they're not massively small cap, but they, they compared to the likes of the, the Pfizer's, the GSK's, the AstraZeneca's, they are a small cap compared to that. But if we look at it, there's, there's huge potential, there's huge growth on this. And as we can see, 300% is a phenomenal returns by anyone's anyone's standards that we're coming into the area of the likes of the the teslas of the world with that type of turns yeah and let's look at the final vaccine on our topic list for today which is the chinese manufacturer cancino biologics so this might be another company that people aren't that familiar with but it was the first to gain approval to begin clinical trials back in march 2020 if you can believe it so that's literally right at the start of when uh, coronavirus was starting to take hold around the world it has an efficacy rate of 65.7 percent and made headlines recently for doing deals with some other countries such as pakistan and mexico along with having some trials in russia so what, what do you think make of this as a potential investment opportunity well an investment opportunity if we look at the, we look at the charts we look at the graph because that that's 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 where i do most of my my looking and and if we if we have a look at this it has gone up 191 percent since since mid-december this has had a phenomenal run this year so far now you're saying that they have they have um, signed deals with the likes of Mexico and stuff like that there, whereas we don't hear the likes of that there, and it it's looks like it's it's going to be massively successful for them, and and that's that's something and we're seeing now on the graph people are jumping in, at, and again it comes back down to smaller cap companies coming into the market. Yes, they may have a sixty six percent success rate, but it depends on how that will work against the other strains. Whether the other strains will will we still see that. 66% or 65% um, success rate or will it will it drop so that's that's going to be the big uh, factor moving forward is it is it just the one strain that it works on and it's the same with all these pharmaceuticals is that if the the strain that's we have now works perfect but what happens when we get the mutation when the likes of the one in Kent when the likes of the one in South Africa the mutated ones is it going to be as good against those or is it going to be null and void and doesn't work and that's 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 the big thing for how much longevity these companies have moving forward with the likes of their stock prices and um, how well they'll do from the likes of the, the coronavirus vaccine. There's also a little bit of a stigma with vaccines and other sectors which comes out of China, where in the Western world, we kind of think, oh, it's Chinese. It's not as good as if it was made in England or Germany or wherever it happens to be. Is that something that you take into consideration? Not so much nowadays. If we look at the like the China fifty, it is it has taken off, and it, it's one of these one of these um, indices that has taken off from strength to strength. So, years ago, yes, it it was, and I, I we talked about on the podcast before that to, to track the China fifty, you used to have to look at the likes of copper and make sure that what was being released was actually was actually correct. But nowadays, stuff that's coming out is pretty straightforward, and if something is coming out that's not real, it, it's it's very very easy to find out whether it is or not but the likes of this this seems to be pretty decent it seems to be something that is is doing quite well yes there may be a bit of stigma there 
But again, with investors, it's about making money. I don't care whether it's the likes of this, whether it's any other stock over there on, on our China 50, it really makes a difference to me. If I can see value in it, I'll trade it. And, and the good thing is that there's a lot of people trading at the minute because they see value in it. What's your thoughts on investing in the pharmaceutical industry at the moment? You know, is, is it considered high risk or low risk or whereabouts would we be uh, on the kind of the radar? So to put this in the kind of, because that, that's a really, really good question, because I was in Pfizer. Now, I was in Pfizer for about two months. And my, my portfolio, so obviously, you know, I risk 1% of my account per trade. So I was trading a 10K account at the time, which means that it was, a, it was 100 quid. So out of the 100 quid, it was there for two, two and a half months. And I was actually down five pounds. I then got the dividend, which I think was 575. So which means overall I was up 75p. I then jumped into the likes of AstraZeneca. Again, the same story happened. I think I was up two or three quid and I was in it for a couple of months. And looking at it, I ended up pulling both investments out of, of both of those stocks. Why? Because I can jump into the tech sector and I can have 10, 20, 30% return in that couple of months that we've had on the likes of the likes of Pfizer. Now, again, we don't, we haven't talked about it, but I've jumped into the likes of Moderna. Now Moderna is up 30 to 40% in the underlying asset. Why? Because it is again, a much smaller cap, which means that when people hear a little bit of news about vaccines, people are massively trading vaccines at the minute, which means there's nice movement in it. And, and it's about getting in and getting out at the right time now. So to answer the question, yes, there are, money to be made on the likes of these vaccines, whether it's you're biding your time and buying the bigger market cap companies that give dividends and stuff like that, the likes of the Pfizer's, GSK's, the Johnson & Johnson's of this world, or you're buying all the smaller cap companies and trading them like a penny stock that whichever one takes off, you've probably made more money from that one that takes off than you've lost in the other ones. Great. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Is there anything else that you think people should be keeping an eye on? Yeah, well, we, we, we're now had uh, two selling days on the likes of NASDAQ and the S&P, which means then we've had a, a nice retracement. Now, I'm looking for it to drop maybe another, maybe another, another day, day and a half, and then come back into a nice horizontal level. And then for me, that'd be an area to potentially, to potentially see if there's, there's going to be another, another leg to the upside on this. But that's, that's the one that I'm looking at at the moment. Thanks everyone for listening to this week's podcast. If you want to learn more about investing in the vaccine industry, then it's definitely worth checking out the Vaccine Med copy portfolio on eToro. And if you want to hear more about Henry's market analysis, then he's got his weekly webinars, which you can find via Google by going eToro Trading School. Thanks very much. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.